amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Hunt and Hill. Hunt Palmer. Jeremy Hill. Holding down the middle of the day. Live from the Mercedes-Benz of Baton Rouge Studios. It's Hunt and Hill. Now on 104.5 ESPN Baton Rouge. Welcome in. 104.5 ESPN Baton Rouge. I am Hunt. Casey Gaines, Taylor Sharp back there on the ones and twos. We are working towards the holiday here, folks. A lot of people probably knocked off a little early today. If you're still hanging out at work and hanging with us, we approve and appreciate it if you are done for the week or for the day. Travel safe. Enjoy some time with friends and family. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody from the whole team here at 104.5 ESPN Baton Rouge. But we're fired up to be here for the next two hours. Before I hit the road to Shreveport, we might as well talk some sports. We certainly will. Luke Johnson with us in 15 minutes talking black and gold. Got some thoughts on the college football playoff at 1.30. We will kind of merge, as Luke's usually with us on Thursdays, we're merging our Wednesday and Thursday shows here. Best win, worst loss on the board coming up at the end of this hour. Jeff Tarpley covers Texas A&M for Gigum 247. He's going to be with us at straight up 2 o'clock. LSU basketball playing for a kind of a championship tonight against Kansas State. I'll preview that one in the second hour. And everybody's favorite segment over the last couple of weeks, SEC power rankings. So I will give you mine coming up at 2.30 before take it or leave it, and we get on down the road. So lock us in here for the next two hours. Your opening hour on Wednesday is brought to you by Sunshine Quality Solutions, your Louisiana and Southern Mississippi John Deere dealer. We appreciate them for being with us each and every Wednesday here. Okay, uh, let's start getting into A&M. That's what we've got to do. Uh, we're obviously off tomorrow. We'll dive deeper on Friday. But I want to start with my significant A&M prep here. Um, by now, at this point in the season, which is the end for A&M, you're all fairly aware of what everyone's identity is. Um, Texas A&M has played three quarterbacks this year. Uh, none of them have played particularly well. It has been an abysmal offensive output from start to to finish for the Aggies in College Station. That is why they have been awful from a wins and losses perspective. That's why they have been made fun of by the national media. That is why there is a ton of drama surrounding that program, whether it be what's coming next with assistant coaches being fired and replaced, with transfer portal potentials, Jimbo Fisher discussions, buyouts, all that kind of stuff. 90% of it is rooted in their offense. It started with Haynes King. If you listen to this show at all, you know what I've thought of Haynes King. Um, by all accounts, he is a really good kid, and I can tell you from watching him play, he's extremely tough because he was getting lit up like a Christmas tree for a month straight while he was already hurt, and he continued to go out there and give it everything he had. He's just not very good. They went with Max Johnson. Max was okay. The offensive line wasn't great. His weapons around him were injured in and out, and then he got hurt, and we haven't seen him in over a month. So it was a short-lived stint. Then they turned things over to Connor Wigman, the five-star freshman. And that actually went really well for a week. His first start against Ole Miss in College Station, 
He was 28 out of 44. That's 69%. 60, sorry, 64%. He threw for 338 yards and four touchdowns without a pick against Ole Miss. That's a pretty good debut. If a five-star freshman from West Monroe or Edna Carr came to LSU and in his first start in conference threw for 338 yards, four touchdowns, and no picks, I think there'd be some people around here pretty excited about that. Fair to say? But against Auburn, he completed 39% of his throws for 121 yards. And against UMass in a driving rainstorm last week, he was 11 of 19 for 191 yards. So since that boom in the first start, it hasn't been great. In short, they don't really do anything well on offense. Their scoring offense is dead last in the SEC. They're the worst third down offense in the entire SEC. They have the fewest 30-yard pass plays of anyone in the Southeastern Conference. Can they run the ball? No, they're 11th in the league, 130th per game. Do they score a lot in the red zone? Well, they're 6th in the league in that. LSU's been elite at it all year. Do they score touchdowns in the red zone? No, they're 12th in the league in that regard. LSU's been the best in the league outside of Georgia this year. It's just not worked. And two things can be true. One, they can have an antiquated offense with significant offensive line problems that has not produced all year long. And they can be also hampered by the fact that the guys they thought they were going to lean on significantly have not been out there a lot. Anaya Smith went down for the season midway through the year. Devon A. Chain has been out for two weeks. He was in a walk-in boot at South Carolina. Travis Brown from the Bryan College Station Eagle, who will join me on the pregame show on Saturday, uh, was taking a video from the press box of A. Chain on Saturday against UMass this past week, and he was real gimpy. So he hadn't been out there. That's your two best playmakers. Evan Stewart has been great as a five-star true freshman wide receiver. He wasn't out there last week. They're hopeful he'll go this week. So it's been a perfect storm. Your offense is poorly designed. Your quarterback play has been unstable, unreliable, and poor most of the year. Your best playmakers have not been out there. And the losses pile up, and it begins to feel like you've got no chance. They scored 20 points on UMass. UMass might be the worst team in the FBS. They're 1-10. in They scored 10 on Auburn. Auburn ain't exactly the 85 Bears on defense. Florida's had issues on defense. They couldn't stop Vanderbilt most of the week last week. A&M mustered 24 on them. 20 on Bama. They scored 14 points on Appalachian State. And they had a kick return for a touchdown in that game. So really, it was seven. They scored 17 on Miami. Have you checked in on Miami lately? It's not going very well for Coach Cristobal. So, it's difficult to conjure up a realistic path for A&M to crank up 31-28 points in this game. I could do it. Wigman's got a nice arm. He did throw for a lot of yards on Ole Miss. If Stewart comes back, Anaya Smith's healthy. They hit a couple of big plays. Maybe their special teams, because LSU 
can't cover, creates a couple of short fields. You can get there, you know, if you try, but it's really difficult. Matt House has been as good a defensive coordinator as has been in college football this year. Wigman's not a great athlete running around. He's a good athlete. He's a, he's a, he could be a college baseball player. They recruited him as potentially a shortstop for Jim Slosnagel's team. And when healthy, Evan Stewart and Devon A-Chain are really good players, and Moose Muhammad is excellent as well. He plays when he doesn't wear sleeves. Sometimes he wears sleeves and gets benched. We think that probably won't happen on Saturday. Can't rule it out, but we don't think that's going to happen on Saturday. Hopefully he doesn't smoke weed in the locker room either because that generally gets you suspended too in College Station. But it's tough to crank up an idea where A&M scores 28 points in this game. So does LSU have the punch to take it to an A&M defense and get there? Well, A&M's scoring defense hasn't been awful this year. They're fourth in the conference, 20 points per game. They actually rank first in the SEC in pass defense. How's the run defense, Hunt? Well, I'll tell you. It's last. I dove inside the numbers on this run defense for AM. And I'm looking, I'm going, App State ran it 52 times for 181. Miami ran for 175. Arkansas ran the football 54 times for 244 yards. Bama ran it 51 times for 288. Ole Miss ran the football for 390 yards on this team. Florida, 291 on the ground. Auburn, 270 on the ground. And I thought to myself, I went, okay, they're giving up all these rushing yards. I know they're losing all the time, so I guess teams are basically like, Getting up, getting up a lot. I mean, I've watched a lot of AM, but I, I'm just trying to think in my head and rationalize. Guess teams are getting up on these guys and just kind of running the clock out, running it a lot. Well, wait a second. At halftime against Arkansas, it was a one point game. Halftime against Mississippi State, it was a two score game. But at halftime of Bama game, three point game. Halftime of South Carolina, three point game. Halftime of Ole Miss, AM was winning by four points. Halftime of Florida, AM was winning by four points. Halftime at the Auburn game, it was seven to nothing. They're just getting their butts kicked in the second half on the ground. They're low on depth. They got a bunch of freshmen out there, and you can get demoralized when teams are running the football right at you in the second half. Now, that hadn't been LSU's strength. It's just handing the football off and getting downhill. That's not the way they've been built this year. Jaden Daniels has run a lot, and that's kind of been a big supplement to the run game. So then I thought, okay, well, what about running quarterbacks? And I thought in my head, well, they played K.J. Jefferson. They played Anthony Richardson. What'd that look like? Well, K.J. Jefferson ran for 105 yards and a touchdown. And Anthony Richardson only ran it seven times, but for 78 yards and two touchdowns. So that's been an issue too. That's where LSU needs to break AM on Saturday. Break them running the football. They are the worst team in the league at stopping the run. They have allowed the most 10 plus yard runs in the Southeastern Conference, 80 of them. That's dead last. Some of these freshmen might be really good college players. I don't know where they're going to play, which puts a smile on my face. Maybe it is in College Station. Maybe it's not. But on Saturday, it will be in College Station. 
and LSU's got to take the football at them. If you look at SEC football games, not against Mississippi State, who doesn't really count in the running department. Not that Mississippi State didn't run the football against them. They ran it 24 times for 144 yards. But that offense is so totally different than what LSU's doing. I don't put a lot of stock in that game. So in the SEC games outside of Mississippi State, you're looking at Arkansas, Alabama, South Carolina, Ole Miss, Florida, Auburn, Southeastern Conference teams. 308 carries for 1,600 yards. On average, per game, that is 51 carries for 267 yards. That comes out to 5.2 yards per carry. And that's a thing that is very difficult to get better at stopping. If you don't have the dudes to stand up against 320-pound offensive linemen, stop them at the point of attack, hold the line, shed and make a tackle, man, is it hard to get a lot better at that. You can do it year to year, transfer portal, guys grow up, different scheme. And certainly in game, it's tough to stop it because it's just physically demoralizing. So we'll see if AM can slow LSU down on Saturday. My sincere hope is that is not the case. AM's offense shouldn't be a huge threat to LSU. The defense has done a decent job at stopping people from scoring points, just simply not on the ground. That's where LSU's got to get it done. Opening hour on Wednesday brought to you by Sunshine Quality Solutions at Sunshine. We know ease of use is important when it comes to buying equipment. Our John Deere compact tractors offer versatility to go from the yard, camp, or to the field. With compact tractors, up to 20% off list price with 0% financing. Now is a great time to get powered by Sunshine. Visit us online at sunequip.com to apply for financing. Get a quote and learn more about our specials. Some restrictions apply. See dealer for details. Offer ends December 31st of 2022. We'll come back with Luke Johnson next on Hunting Hill. Hunt Palmer and Jeremy Hill. It's Hunt and Hill. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Hunt and Hill with Hunt Palmer and Jeremy Hill. Opening hour on a Wednesday brought to you by Sunshine Quality Solutions. Your hometown John Deere dealer in Louisiana. For your equipment needs, we head out to the Jim's Firearms Hotline. Luke Johnson joins us today early. Luke, thanks for some uh, flexibility. How are you doing, bud? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for not having me on the show on Thanksgiving Day. Yeah, like, I won't be here either. You're the either. real MVP so, here. You're the so, real MVP. Yes, yeah, somebody, uh, somebody from National ESPN is going to have to fill up some airtime because we ain't here tomorrow. Um, 
Saints got a got a win over the weekend. Uh, what did you like about it? Uh, well, I really liked uh, their offensive game plan. Um, it's good to see them finally just be like, hey, we have a really, really good football player in Jason Hill. Let's use him. Um, and I think it, it went beyond that. Like, I, I thought what they did with Andy Dalton was really, really smart. Um, he got rid of the ball in a hurry all game. Um, his time to throw from snap to throw was average 2.16 seconds. Um, nobody's going to hit him when he's doing that. And, you know, I think we saw that when he's in rhythm, he's a pretty good passer. Uh, 84% completion percentage is, you know, off the charts. Um, he's good. And when they can supplement that with a run game, I, I think they're really good, man. Um, we'll see if they're able to do that this week against San Francisco. I think San Francisco's got probably the toughest defense they're going to see this season. Um, but for a week, it was, it was really nice to see. We'll get to San Francisco here shortly, but I, all that stuff that you're talking about and getting Taysom Hill involved, getting the ball out of Dalton's hands very quickly, all lends itself to helping a banged-up offensive line. What did you make of that group's play and, and maybe an update here midweek on where they're looking for the San Francisco game? Um, I thought they played fine. Uh, you know, I, I don't think it was like this this incredible performance by everybody you know, filling in, but I, I do think that they did a nice job just like not messing up. Right, Landon Young got beat a couple times. Calvin Throckmorton got beat a couple times, but it was never like a disaster. Um, and I think the Saints schemed around those guys pretty well. I, I think it, you know, the the adverse situation they were put in made them get creative with with their thinking. And I think that was a good thing. Um, as far as this week coming up, I, I'm not allowed to report anything yet because practice um, is not yet over, sure. and that's part of the rules. But I will say that if you guys all check your Twitter feeds in about an hour, you're probably going to be very excited with the news. So um, good news on the horizon for the Saints on, on the injury front, I think, at a lot of different positions. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think you're breaking any news there or breaking any rules. Dennis Allen said that yesterday. He's like, I, I'm very hopeful that things are, are moving in the in the right direction. I thought Jarvis Landry made a nice little impact coming back, two consecutive catches. Um, and Paulson Adebo, I thought was present, even though he's still a little bit banged up. So they're getting closer, right? Yeah, they are. Um, it's just a matter of whether they dug themselves too big of a hole. Like that's, that's why that Pittsburgh game was so huge. You know, I, I think that that was a winnable game for them. Um, you know, I think Pittsburgh's played pretty well in back-to-back weeks. But if you're going to be a if you're going to be a good team, a, a team that wins the division, um, all that stuff, like you got to win those kinds of games. That's why. You know, I, I mean, there's a, there's a huge difference between being four and seven right now and five and six, um, and you know, it, it makes every single game that happens from here on out incredibly important. Because uh, you you could maybe win a division with eight losses. Uh, winning a division with nine is is really like you have to have a ton of help there, um, so that the margin is incredibly thin for them. Chatting with Luke Johnson of the Advocate, find him on Twitter at by Luke Johnson for all your Saints info. Um, Give me your thoughts on Caden Ellis. That's not a guy we talked about much in camp, not a guy we've talked about a lot, but he was obviously very present in the game on Sunday, and this is a, a roster that is in dire need of of solid, cheap players over the next couple of years. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll, I'll gladly eat my words on him. Yeah, I, I thought um, I thought their defense was going to take a huge step back with him in there because you know, every, every time we've seen him on the field, you know, he does some things very well, but he's he's been a liability in other areas coverage um, and you know that's that's an area where i think pete werner was really a strong point for this defense uh, 
tailing with running backs or tight ends in the passing game. Um, and they have not skipped a beat with Pete Werner or with uh, Caden Ellison. I think he's done a, a really, really good job being an all-around linebacker. And then the, the stuff that he does really well, namely get after the passer, I, I think he's been even better at that since he's been on the field. So it's been a huge, huge, pleasant surprise for the Saints. Um, you're absolutely right. I, I mean, they've got to have guys uh, you know, playing out rookie contracts and, and playing on the cheap uh, for these next couple of years. And um, I'm not exactly sure when his rookie contract is coming up, but if he's got another year on it, that's, that's, a, that's a bonus for the Saints. San Francisco is interesting because they've obviously won three in a row. Uh, they're playing good football at this point, but you look at their totality of their work, and Atlanta got after them in Atlanta. Uh, Mahomes went nuts on them uh, for 44 points. They lost to the Broncos, who just look awful uh, back in, in the opener. The Bears um, got to them. It's a great roster, and Jimmy Garoppolo is playing better than what they were getting early in the season, but what do you make of San Francisco at this point in the calendar? I think they're a team that's sitting the stride, and that's really, really scary. I, I think they're a couple of weeks ago. I, I, I told somebody that I thought they were my favorite to come out of the NFC, NFC for the Super Bowl, um, just because I, I trust in, in Kyle Shanahan, and then they they had Christian McCaffrey going to mix. They're going to get some guys back healthy, um, and yeah, I, I just thought it was only a matter of time before they started to click, and that's kind of what's happened. Um, it's like the first time I've gotten a prediction right. Uh, you know, I, I just think that. They are top to bottom, just a very good football team. They're very sound. You know, they don't need a superstar quarterback to go out there and swing the ball around a yard 45 times a game to win. Um, you know, and I think that's going to present a huge problem for the Saints this week, especially because you know, the, the thing that makes Saints go offensively, when they're in a rhythm, they're running the ball. Um, I'm just not sure they're going to be able to do it against San Francisco this week. They've got a really great front. They've got great linebackers. They're, they're sound tacklers. There's a reason they're leaving the NFL and run defense. And I think the only the only two games this year where they've given up more than 20 points in a game, which like that's like bare minimum for what you need to win a game usually, um, were the two games that you know, Atlanta, uh, I think, gashed them for about 170 yards on the ground. And Kansas City complimented Patrick Mahomes' really big day by running for 112. And every other game, they've they've kept people like 60, 70 yards rushing, um, and they've they've limited what they can do, uh, and then got after the passer. So that's there's just a lot of different ways San Francisco can beat you. Um, and yeah, you know, they're they're a really tough team. I think they're playing really really well right now. I've never purported on this show to be some NFL expert, but I just from from looking at the league the way that I do, I, I think that that John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan are as as good a combo as there is cooking right now. Those guys put together a good roster and generally have a good plan. Um, when you can be as good as they've been over the last few years with Jimmy Garoppolo playing quarterback, I think it speaks for itself how good that roster uh, must be. Speaking of quarterbacks, Luke, um, what did you make of Jameis's comments this week about where? I lost my job due to injury. That's not supposed to be the policy. I think it was some refreshing honesty from him, you know. And look, he's obviously frustrated with it, um, and I, you know, I, I think for good reason. There, I think there was a reason he was trying to play through that stuff in the beginning because I think he sensed that there was a, there was a chance something like this could happen, right? If he got out of the lineup and somebody else came in and played well, there's a chance he could lose a job. You know. I, I, I don't. I, obviously, I was not there for that conversation, um, but you know, I, 
I believe him for, for thinking that he wasn't going to lose his job because of the injury. Um, and I totally understand the frustration with Ryan Pye when he's technically healthy enough to play. Um, so, um, yeah, that's, it's been a, I don't want to say it's been mismanaged. Um, yeah, I, I don't fault Dennis Allen for making the decision that he did. Uh, but, you know, optically, it's, it's not great when, when the guy you committed to to being your starter in the offseason, um, when he finally gets healthy enough to play, you don't go back to him. And, you know, I, I, I think James is well within his rights to vent his frustration with that. You're not a guy who's shy around the table. What's the uh, number one on the power ranking of Thanksgiving food? Okay, so I don't want to be basic. Mm-hmm. Um, and just say turkey because obviously turkey. Uh, I, I asked Dennis Allen this week, and he said turkey and stuffing. I'm like, okay, believable, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm gonna go with like I think I think you gotta look at the side dishes, and to me, like an elite Thanksgiving plate has perfect mac and cheese with it, right? I, I like, and it can't be just like box macaroni and cheese. Like it has to be, it has to be something that came out of the oven, yep. a little bit of crisp on top. You know, it's got real cheese in it. Doesn't have like Velveeta or some nonsense. Um, if you got good mac and cheese, like everything else, it, it just it complements everything else perfectly. We will have two kinds of mac and cheese in our house because there's two sides of the family that can't agree, so they just make both, and it they both end up on my plate. So I'm right there with you. Well done, sorry. Enjoy, uh, yeah. enjoy some Thanksgiving food. Safe travels out uh, out west. We'll do it next week. Sounds good, man. Talk to you soon. Luke Johnson from the Advocate covering uh, covering the black and gold. My Aunt Patty makes her mac and cheese. It's called Patty Mac. She does it, and then somebody else makes a baked mac and cheese, and they both work for me. I'll, uh, I'll hammer them home. We're going to talk a little bit about sides much later in the show. We've got a lot to get to here on a Wednesday edition of Hunt and Hill. If you're on the road uh, traveling, uh, be safe and be aware that you know there may be some law enforcement officers looking to raise a few bucks. So keep that cruise control on out there. I'll be uh, sure to do that on my way up to Shreveport here a little bit later. Opening hour brought to you by... Sunshine Quality Solutions. Visit Sunshine, your hometown John Deere dealer in Louisiana, for your equipment needs. We'll take a time out, come back, and talk a little bit about the college football playoff rankings. I've dismissed them and dismissed them and dismissed them. Is it time to start taking a little more seriously? I'll let you know next on 104.5 ESPN Baton Rouge. Hold down the middle of the day. This is Hunt and Hill. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Reliable Roofing and Construction. You can visit them at ReliableRoofingBR.com. I'm telling you for two weeks now, no job too big or too small for Lionel Hayes and his team. If you're not sure what the state of your roof is and you just want somebody to check that out, whether you're about to sell your home or trying to get new homeowners covers placed on your home because your carrier has left the market, let Reliable Roofing and Construction come out and do an inspection. Maybe all you need is a small repair. 
just a few shingles here and there. They'll take care of that for you. They'll get on their way. They're not going to see a small problem and say, oh, got to have a new roof. It's not the way things go with reliable roofing and construction. They're here for the job, no matter how small or no matter how big. If you do need a new roof on your home, reliable roofing and construction can help you out with that. And when that roof is placed on your home, you're going to get a five-year labor warranty. Five-year labor warranty with reliable roofing and construction. Check out Lionel Hayes and his crew and their site online. It's ReliableRoofingBR.com. Got tons of pictures of before and after. They're very proud of their work, as they should be, over at Reliable Roofing and Construction. You're thinking roofing, roofing, think reliable. ReliableRoofingBR.com. Hunton Hill with Hunt Palmer and Jeremy Hill. We invite you to visit Sunshine, your hometown John Deere dealer in Louisiana for your equipment needs. Sunshine Quality Solutions, your hometown John Deere dealer. Um, college football playoff rankings unveiled last night. Um, you've listened to Matt. You listened to Charlie. You listened to me. Uh, none of us care very much about these November rankings. I teased it. I said, leading into this segment, is it time to start taking them a little more seriously? The answer is no. It's not. Um, we don't have vital information that matters. And you will see people with their hot takes. Wes Rucker's done with his because Tennessee's out. I saw Barrett Salee, who's a friend who I think does a really good job covering college football nationally and the SEC specifically. But he said LSU is not going to get in over USC with the conference championship. He doesn't know that. You can put it out on Twitter. You can think that, and that's fine. Discussion is fine, but it's worthless. Um, here are my thoughts on the rankings. Obviously, Tennessee takes a tumble down to 10. They move back five spots. LSU bumps up one. Tigers now sitting there at fifth. Right now, the committee is under no pressure to do anything whatsoever. They don't have to make any decisions. They don't have to do squat. They don't have to justify what they do. They can send the chairman up there to talk to Reese Davis. None of it matters because it can all switch based on how you feel at the end of the body of work. Here's what they're telling you right now. All we care about right now is if you're undefeated. Last year at the end, all they cared about is if you were undefeated. Because it's not like Cincinnati played murderer's row, but they were undefeated. So they got in. There are four undefeated teams. They're tossing them all in there. Doesn't matter who you've beaten. Doesn't matter how close they were. If you're undefeated, we're going to throw you to the top. That's the easiest thing to do. That's what we're going to do. So what we don't know is how they feel about the various wins of Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, and TCU. That is going to be crucial when this thing comes down to it because one of Ohio State and Michigan are going to lose. But... What does the committee think about them as a one-loss non-conference champion? We don't know. But they are telling us some things that could change, but they're telling us some things right now about everybody who doesn't have zero losses. The only thought they put into anything was once you got past the zero losses. When you get past the zero losses, LSU's the first one. USC has less losses than LSU. They're behind LSU. Alabama has more losses than Clemson. They're ahead of Clemson. Why? Well, I think 
It's because they think that LSU's wins are more impressive than USC's wins. USC just went on the road. It was on the road. I'm, I'm going to give them credit for a road win. I guess technically we could sit in the room in Dallas and go, well, it's in the same city and the other team, that home team they play, they don't have any fans. So our guys bought a lot of tickets and it was really like more of a bowl game. But I'll, I'll just give them a road win. They went on the road and beat UCLA, who's a nice team. They have three losses. They're a nice team. You only played one other team with any pulse whatsoever, and you lost to Utah. So the committee is saying, hey, LSU, you know, nice job beating Bama. That's a good win, much better than anything that USC is tossing in there. Okay, I see that you, you beat Ole Miss, who's fairly comparable, I guess, at this point to UCLA. So there's your tiebreaker. I mean, I'm just trying to read it as they say it. They think that what LSU's done to this point is more impressive than what USC's done. But what is what it says to me as you try to look into this is, well, if you think what LSU's done to this point is more impressive than SC, then clearly going on the road to A&M and winning, which is essentially what USC has been doing to Arizona and Cal and Arizona State and Fresno State and Stanford and Rice. How's that? How's A&M any different than those teams? They're not. And then going to Atlanta and beating Georgia? You want to convince me anything that SC does at home against Notre Dame and then in the Pac-12 championship is better than what LSU's done? Because it's going to have to be significantly better to jump LSU. I, I can't. I can't buy it. I mean, I promise you a week from uh, Monday, I will come in here if LSU is left out for USC after beating Georgia. I will say you shouldn't have lost to Florida State. That's what I'll say. I won't cry and scream and bitch and moan. You'll see a lot of that on YouTube, I guarantee you. You'll see a lot of it on Twitter. You won't get it from here. But at this point, it would be odd to me if they flipped it. And if they do, it will once again, or if Michigan loses a close one in the shoe... And LSU beats Georgia and Michigan stays ahead of LSU, which I don't know if it's going to happen or not. That's the point. We don't have the information. But what I'm teeing you up for here is college football has always been about how many did you lose as opposed to who did you beat. That's always been the case. It's always been about that. Which is why I've been a proponent. Hey, don't put Florida State on the schedule. Go play ULM. It's not fun. You're not going to lose. Not going to cost you. Because college football doesn't, doesn't reward you if you schedule difficult and lose the game close. They never have. West Virginia was going to go to the national championship game in the BCS era in 2007 if they beat Pitt. You all remember it. That's why I use the example. You have any idea? You know, you remember the game, Pitt and West Virginia, same night LSU beat Tennessee in the Southeastern Conference Championship game, had two losses. 
West Virginia was going to go. Who'd they beat that year? Western Michigan, Marshall, Maryland, East Carolina. Oh, look, they played a top 20 team, South Florida. They lost. Went to Syracuse. Played Mississippi State. Oh, that's a nice one. Remember that Mississippi State team? LSU went there and beat them 49 to nothing the first day of the season. They were awful. Went to Rutgers. Louisville. Beat Cincinnati, who was ranked 22nd. Connecticut, who was ranked 20th at the time. And then if they'd have beaten Pitt, they'd have gotten in the national championship. They would not have had a top 20 win. LSU beat Tim Tebow's Florida. Beat Auburn. Beat Bama. Beat Virginia Tech. None of that would have mattered because West Virginia would have had fewer losses. That's the way college football has always been played. It's stupid, but it's the way it's always been. And yeah, LSU in that year may have gotten a bump for beating Virginia Tech. In fact, they did because Virginia Tech had two losses and LSU jumped them. That happened to be a head-to-head coincidence that year that was on the schedule when it came down to that. So I'm not saying that it's impossible, but it took that coincidence. What is almost always the case is if you have fewer losses, you're in. That's why you have to expand the playoff. You want these games to matter. You want big-time games in September. You want huge non-conference games. You better expand the playoff because if I'm the AD somewhere, I'm not playing them. You don't care. LSU has played a difficult schedule this year. Tennessee is damn good. Alabama's damn good. Ole Miss has a good team. Georgia's great. Michigan, whose non-conference schedule this year is the worst thing I've ever laid eyes on. Colorado State is abysmal. Hawaii is terrible. UConn sucks. They are 11-24 and combined. They're not going to get penalized for it if they went out. And really all they had to do was beat Penn State and Ohio State. Why am I scheduling difficult football games? They're fun. You get on TV. You get a big paycheck. The fans all love it. But is it the best thing to do to win a championship? That's why I like playing ULL. Come on down, North Texas. We'll see. Maybe it won't cost LSU. Maybe LSU will take care of their business against Georgia and get in. I know there are a lot of people listening here that think that's going to be the case. That'd be awesome. But it's... It's not strength of schedule. It's it's how many losses you got. We'll see. They tell you yesterday that SC is behind LSU. I don't think they can jump them unless LSU loses. But some people think they would. Just something to think about. Again, the rankings from last night don't matter. We don't have the information. Who won the Ohio State-Michigan game? Who won the LSU-Georgia game? Who won the LSU-A&M game? How'd TCU do? Don't know. So getting up in arms about it is, is not worthwhile in terms of this year, but I'm just telling you, based on history, college football sometimes supports you not playing the greatest opponents ever because you can hurt yourself more than you can help yourself. All right, we'll come back, close it out. As I said, we're combining SEC, uh, no, we're combining Wednesday and Thursday shows here. So best win, worst loss on the board for college football and the NFL next on 104.5 ESPN Baton Rouge. 104.5 ESPN Baton Rouge with Hunt and Hill. 
amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Bayou Ford. Check out that inventory, bayouford.com. Great website. It's so functional. You can log right into bayouford.com. You can type in new or used. You can type in a year. You can type in a model. Whether you're looking at the Explorer, Expedition, you want the F-150, F-250, maybe Ranger. Get the Edge, Raptor, your sports car, maybe the Mustang. You can search for them. Maybe Bayou Ford has exactly what you want. The car you've been thinking about. You're not happy with what you're driving in. You've been thinking about a new car. Maybe they have it on the lot. Maybe they don't, but that doesn't mean you can't get it. 60 to 90 days, they're going to have that thing turned around and brought right to you. In every purchase at Bayou Ford, million mile powertrain warranty for the life of that vehicle, you'll have it. Maybe you hadn't thought about getting a new car, but as I bring this up, you go, well, I'm not really thrilled with what I'm driving around right now. They got a great buyback program at Bayou Ford. They'll buy your vehicle from you gives you a great head start on the new vehicle that you want to purchase. Call Ben Gagne and the crew or go to the website buyuford.com and get started on your new vehicle right now. Buyuford. Buyuford.com is the inventory, is the website. Buyuford, they're going to do right. Buy you. Hunton Hill with Hunt Palmer and Jeremy Hill. In the market for a John Deere, visit Sunshine, your hometown John Deere dealer in Louisiana for your equipment needs. Jeff Tarpley from Gigum 247 coming up in 10 minutes talking about the Aggies. Best win, worst loss on the board, college football in the NFL. Get to those to finish up the opening hour here. Best win in college football for me uh, has got to be Michigan in the shoe against Ohio State. Uh, Michigan wins that ball game. They'll have beaten their rival two years in a row after really a decade of agony. Um, and they will be in the driver's seat to be a high seed, avoid Georgia very likely in the college football playoff. Uh, I think that is your best shot to try to win a national championship is to avoid Georgia as long as you can, especially if you're Michigan and you play the way that you do. We saw the way that they lined up against Georgia last year. And that's a better Georgia defense, I think, last year, but it did not go so well for the Wolverines. So if they can go to the shoe and win, that pretty that puts them a week away from being the number two seed, maybe even the number one seed if LSU can do some damage uh, in two weeks. So best win in college football is Michigan at Ohio State. Worst loss in college football, uh, TCU. Um, TCU losing to Iowa State would be a real stain on their resume. They don't have um, necessarily a headlining win, I don't think, but they have some solid wins. And that's probably not enough if you lose to a team that is not thought to be very good. Um, again, Stephen Miller, who we love in the Bayou Ford chat, says that all the rankings matter. I would, I would just pose, like, what do you know right now, based on the rankings that you see, 
about TCU being a one-loss Big 12 champion as opposed to LSU a two-loss SEC champion? I don't know. I don't know what the committee would do. So, again, we don't have all the information. So, um, But I know that TCU would be in trouble, in my opinion, if they lose to Iowa State. So I think that's the worst loss in college football, potentially, on the board. Uh, best win in the NFL. Um, give me the Giants to go to Dallas on Thanksgiving against the Cowboys in some gorgeous throwback uniforms, throwback helmets. Um, if uh, if the Giants can win that one, I think you kind of take control uh, of second place in the division. You still keep the Eagles in your sights. Uh, I think that would be a monster win if the G-Men could go win that one in Arlington. So I've got that as the best win in the National Football League. Worst loss in the NFL. I got. I'm sorry. I got to say it. I think the worst loss in the NFL would be if San Francisco dropped one to the Saints traveling out west. As Luke said earlier in this hour, San Francisco's won three straight. They seem like they've turned a corner. Um, but if you lose to the Saints at this point, you really put yourself neck and neck with Seattle. And your next game is Miami, who's playing well. Then you got Tampa, probably not going to be an easy game for you. And then you're at Seattle the third week. So you've got a pivotal stretch in your schedule coming up. The Saints are not very good. This is something we've talked about for two months now. We were clinging to some sort of, man, they're just a game out of the division, or man, they get these guys back. You are what you are at this point. We're about to turn to December. The Saints aren't very good. And again, I think I think Andy Dalton will play probably two more good games like he did on Sunday, and he'll play five or six bad ones. And Seattle's uh, San Francisco is tenacious on the front on defense. I doubt the Saints get a huge ground game going. You put all that on Andy Dalton and a banged up receiving core. Eh. I, I just I think Seattle, there's a reason. I mean, sorry, I think San Francisco, there's a reason they're a nine and a half point favorite in that game. So I think the worst loss for me on the board would be San Francisco losing to the Houdats. So best win on the board in college football, give me the Michigan Wolverines. Worst loss in college football, give me TCU, maybe ruining a playoff spot there uh, to Iowa State. Best win in the NFL, the Giants going to Dallas and winning on Thanksgiving tomorrow. And the worst loss in the NFL, the Niners losing to the Saints. That is uh, our weekly segment here. That'll close things up here for our opening hour. Save your Saturdays for watching football, not chores. At Sunshine, your hometown John Deere dealer in Louisiana, they've got the equipment that comes in a variety of horsepowers and attachment configurations to tackle any job on your property. With tractors, deals up to 20% off list price. Their deals are undefeated. For more information, visit Sunshine in stores or online at sunequip.com. All right, that's hour number one here on a Wednesday. Hope your travels are going well as we head into a Thanksgiving holiday. Uh, we opened the show breaking down the Texas A&M Aggies offensively and defensively. Luke Johnson jumped aboard to talk about the black and gold. Appreciate Luke for coming on a day early. Our college football, my college football playoff thoughts there at 1.30. And then, of course, best win, worst loss at the end. If you missed any on-demand, 1045ESPN.com for your travels. You missed anything? You got a long road ahead of you? If you're on a plane somewhere, 1045ESPN.com or Apple Podcast or Spotify or YouTube. Any of those places, you can find all our audio here on 1045ESPN Baton Rouge. Very excited for hour number two coming up. SEC Power Rankings at the bottom of the hour. People are already mad at me. They haven't even heard them yet. We'll get to those at 2.30. 
I've got some thoughts on LSU basketball tonight down in the Cayman Islands playing for a championship against Kansas State. That's at 2.15. And at 2 o'clock, coming up right after SportsCenter, Jeff Tarpley from Giggum247 talking Aggies. Again, come back after SportsCenter on 104.5 ESPN Baton Rouge. This is Hunt and Hill on 104.5 ESPN Baton Rouge.